It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Radio Talking Book Service Community Conversation. Today, we are speaking with two wonderful ladies from the Center for Disability Inclusion, Megan Wall. She's the Director of Business Relations in Nebraska, and Darla Wilkerson, who is the CEO. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thanks for joining. So before we get into everything that you do at the Center, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself, both of you? Megan, I'll let you go first. Oh, okay, sure. So um, I was born and raised um, in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I'm talking to you from. Um, I took a journey through education and work that took me to other parts of um, of the country. Um, but everything that I did centered around removing barriers for participation for people with disabilities. Um, and so I'm currently back in Omaha with my husband and two children. Uh, my graduate degree was in Rehab engineering, which is not as scary as it sounds, um, it's really focused on using and sometimes designing assistive technology and applying universal design to remove barriers for people to do the things that they want to do in work, school, and life. And that's kind of how Darla and I got connected for this work. That's cool. I didn't even know there was a degree in that. What We might have to come back to that. So Darla, what's your story? Well, it's not as exciting as Megan's. Goodness. Um, yeah, no, I was born and raised in Kansas City, Missouri, where I'm located now, and I've been working in the employment of people with disabilities for about 37 years in some fashion, and I you know, started out fairly, fairly early in my career in working with individuals directly, uh, individuals with disabilities, helping them look for work, and it just caught this passion for me to strive to be better about helping others have employment. And, you know, when you, when you work, as we all know, that affects everything in our lives, whether it's our recreation or education, where we live, those kinds of things. So I always wanted to be able to have that in my life to be able to give back in that way. Um, my master's degree is in public administration nonprofit. And um, I felt like that was a really good fit fix for working in the nonprofit field for as long as I have the Center for Disability Inclusion. I've been with them for the past nine years and I've been the CEO for the past five. Wow. Awesome. Well, those are awesome stories and it makes sense as to where you are at now. So tell us, what is the Center for Disability Inclusion all about? You know, we have this mission that is very kind of a a unique niche, and it's really working with companies to help them advance their disability inclusion efforts in the workplace, marketplace, and supply chain. And we do that in a number of different ways. We work through uh, educational opportunities to provide consultation and training that center around what is it what does it take to have policies and practices and strategies to, um, you know, promote and advance disability inclusion and and foster that inclusive culture for all people with disabilities. And then also to cultivate relationships, we see ourselves as a connector mm-hmm. in the sense that when businesses come on in partnership with us, we, they, you know, they want the consultation to look at things internally, but they also want assistance in their outreach to recruit 
and uh, hire people with disabilities. And so we don't do that specifically. We do not source candidates uh, in any way, but we work with community organizations that do serve candidates with disabilities. And so they come on in partnership with us as well. And so we see ourselves as a connector in helping cultivate those relationships with those community organizations, also academic partners, colleges, universities that serve students with disabilities and our businesses that are um, seeking that kind of talent. And then also by uh, elevating uh, those practices, like I mentioned, that companies embark on in terms of their overall diversity, equity, and inclusion strategies, that they specifically may need additional assistance around the disability-inclusive pieces, and all to help them strive to be employers of choice for people with disabilities. That's amazing. So how long has the center been around? We started in 2009, and we had a handful of business representatives here in the Kansas City area that said, hey, we want to do more around hiring and retaining workers with disabilities. What can we do as a business uh, network? And Mm -hmm. so it started out small in that way, and it's just, you know, bloomed from there. It became a nonprofit in 2010, and then just move forward from there. Um, so are you a national nonprofit then? We are. Wow. We started out We started out locally and we became a national um, organization in 2021. Wow, that happened really. fast. And it's interesting too, because there's always been this need, right? But now that we have you, it's really happening. So do you serve all the states or are we just still kind of in the Midwest or can we find you everywhere? We, we serve all the states. Uh, we do work with companies that are across the nation as well as globally. So, uh, you know, with the, the wonderful invention of, of all of us turning our work into virtual, yeah, <laughs> even right. though we didn't want to, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that has really opened up the door for us to be able to serve our businesses across the globe. And, you know, we've done lots of training that will be in, you know, people's uh, intranets Mm -hmm. for quite some time. So their employees can watch that, uh, you know, at any time, depending on what time zone they're in and what part of the world they're in. Um, But, yeah, we we serve across every state and um, like I mentioned, also work globally as well. So before the center existed, what were disabled job seekers doing? Were they able to get the jobs on their own or not? Yeah, you know, we're we're one of many organizations that do this kind of work. Um, and then there's others that are a, a kind of a, a more local or regional effort as well to work specifically with job seekers with disabilities. And there's always been some kind of assistance, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of when people say they want to get a job. Some people can go go find their own job, right? They don't need sure. additional assistance. I mean, depending right. on a person's disability and um, their skill set, uh, you know, they'll use some of the normal uh, natural ways of looking for work, whether that's, hey, we now we can Google and, you know, get on LinkedIn and those kinds of things. Or they may go to a job center, those kinds of things. And then others need more customized type of approaches to employment, um, you know, searching, job searching. And so they'll work with organizations that are either state agencies or community organizations to help them seek employment. But our, I think our um, center and, and those that do this similar kind of work that we do with the business community 
is something that has, you know, over the past decade or so has been fairly new mm-hmm. uh, in terms of that kind of tailored service to the business, you know, to corporations to help them internally prepare and be ready internally. You know, we call it get your house in order (laughs) before you go recruiting and hiring people so that you're prepared to work and support and accommodate um, individuals if that's what they need. That's very awesome. So this is a really big question. So which one of you wants to tell us what disability inclusion means and what does that look like now? Megan, do you want me to start or do you want to? Sure, you can start. And if anything else comes to mind, I'll add on. (laughs) Okay. Well, for me, I just think that, you know, inclusion is really all about equity Mm -hmm. and access so that every person can fully participate in all aspects of society without being discriminated against and without uh, people being intolerant um, and also without barriers. We've got you know, a lot of work has been done around physical kinds or environmental barriers or what we call systemic barriers, but we still have a lot of attitudinal barriers. And so, um, you know, that's that's part of um, the inclusion process as well. And specifically for disability inclusion in the workplace, it's about fostering, you know, a culture where people feel welcomed, where they can feel comfortable, where they can be seen, where their voices are heard, they feel valued. Uh, and, and appreciated for what they bring to the table. Many times when people think about disability, they have certain perceptions as to what that is. And a lot of times disability still has stigma attached to it. Um, what we try to do is promote the fact that we want to celebrate disability as a culture. Uh, I personally have a disability. I don't look at myself as being someone who is, is limited in, in certain ways, but rather embrace those differences and, and celebrate what a person has in terms of their contributions to employment. It's truly about embracing and celebrating those differences. And, and, and disability inclusion really means that we're understanding that relationship between the way people function, the way they kind of operate, um, and how they participate in society or, or in their world of work and uh, making just making sure that everybody has the same opportunities to participate in every aspect of life and to the best of their abilities and their desires. I love that. And absolutely celebrate our differences because that is what makes the world go around, right? Right. <laughs> if all exactly the same. That would be very boring. So, you know, I think you kind of alluded a little bit to this. So a lot of times when people think of somebody disabled, they think physically, right? But there's a lot of mental health conditions, too, that can obviously disable someone. So I'm just curious, what does a mental health friendly workplace look like? Because I would like to live there. <laughs> well, wouldn't we all? Megan, yeah. do, you, do you want to add in? I don't want to be like this, you know, hogging all the t- attention here, but um, I'll say a few words and then. Yeah, you know, I think Darla's done a lot of work in the um, with our partners around um, promoting that mental health friendly workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll just I'll comment on the the previous thread that we were talking about. I think one thing that we found, um, or at least you know, speaking for myself and and the work that we've done with um, here in Nebraska, um, it's really been an education process for our partners um, on how disability inclusion plays into the work that they've been doing. Um, And 
just helping them understand the intersectionality of all the other aspects of their their workforce and the ways that um, they can look at the physical environment, their their policies, their digital interactions um, around their recruiting or their training, um, and how that can be adapted or adjusted to better serve their entire workforce. And so as we work with our partners, each one is in a different place in their journey. Um, And so really customizing what information they need and and where that journey goes helps them, um, I think, really integrate that disability mindset and that promotion of culture into the other aspects of um, diversity that they're already working to integrate and seeing Mm -hmm. how disability threads through all of those just helps elevate their overall inclusion work. Um, So I think that's been really fun to to see that advancement with some of our our partners in their work. Um, And to kind of kick off with Darla, I think for me, one of the biggest things I've seen with partners who are trying to improve the um, reduce the stigma around mental health and improve that mental health friendly workplace um, has really started with um, a really authentic interest in language and inclusive language and how you can promote um, inclusion and reduce that stigma with some really small linguistic changes. That's excellent. Did a lot of this come into play over COVID? I'm just curious. <laughs> Did we see an uptick? and want and need for this over COVID maybe? We we personally did. And our organization had tremendous growth during 2020. Unfortunately, a lot didn't, um, but we did see that growth occur. We did see an uptick in people reaching out to have assistance around mental health related issues. Just as we all have experienced our work worlds were turned upside down. Uh, we were experiencing things that we normally hadn't. And a lot of people, I think it increased their empathy around people with disabilities, not just um, mental health, but also physical disabilities to work at home uh, in a setting that wasn't something you were used to. Maybe you didn't have appropriate chair. Maybe you didn't have the right mouse. Maybe you didn't, you know, those kinds of things. And people are like, oh man, my body's starting to feel this, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and what must that be like for people, you know, that maybe have physical disabilities Mm-hmm. And then the mental health issue was a lot of people experienced depression and anxiety that they had never experienced before, or those were very, you know, very enhanced during that time. Mm-hmm. And I, and again, I think it did increase the empathy, but we, you know, with that outreach, we did do our best to provide assistance with what it's like to help foster those um, healthy work environments around the mental health issue, around wellness and well-being, those kinds of things. We saw a lot of companies doing things, you know, via Zoom that they never had done before, like a yoga class, <laughs> you know, things like that that just help people de-stress sometimes and and um, up upgrading their employee assistance programs and, you know, adding more flexibility to their work schedules and on and on and on to help people with those kinds of uh, situations. And the fact that our society as a whole, and probably even globally, if we researched it, we've seen an increase in depression, anxiety, and suicide um, during the pandemic. And after, uh, there's been an increase in physical conditions after 
COVID with long COVID and those kinds of things as well. Um, so we continue to get requests for uh, mental health kinds of, of training and consultation. Uh, we are not experts in that area. There's many other organizations that are. So we do try to bring in some keynote speakers and, you know, breakout speakers, those kinds of things to our events so that we are sure to help with that. And then also connecting people to resources. And I just want to mention one real quick. There's a mental health toolkit that um, ODEP uh, has put out through uh, the em- em- Employer Assistance and Resource Network called EARN. And it can be found at askearn.org. So it's A-S-K-E-R-N.org. And it's a really great toolkit for any business that might want to provide additional assistance to employees. It centers around kind of four pillars around awareness, around accommodations, assistance, and access. And it's it's really kind of great to have those kinds of resources when people are needing them. Absolutely. So that's askearn.org. So when you approach, do you approach a business or do they come to you? I mean, do job seekers come to you? How do you get to be a partner and how do you help the job seekers? Yeah, we have it both ways. So we do have businesses that will approach us and ask about partnering. Uh, we have people reach out and ask about training, specifically those kinds of things. And then very rarely do we have job seekers connect with us sometimes, but mostly we have community organizations that work with those job seekers that reach out to us and ask for some connecting to our business partners. So the way that works is when we approach a company, we talk to them about the benefits uh, associated with coming on in partnership. A lot of people think of it as membership, but it's a we we like to use the word partnership uh, because we want it to be a two way street, not just something someone belongs to, but something that they're actually engaged in doing the work <laughs> and uh, receiving that kind of assistance. So those businesses that are in partnership with us are striving to be employers of choice for people with disabilities. Many of them are striving, which we'll probably talk about this more specifically, but striving for our seal of accomplishment and leader of disability inclusion. And they want the public to know that they're promoting, they're advancing their efforts, they're, you know, elevating their services and and products around the whole inclusive, um, you know, piece for people with disabilities. So the disability community is looking at those types of things, whether they want to go to work at that company or whether they want to shop there or use their product or service. So it's important. Yeah, it's very important. So Megan, you are taking care of business in Nebraska. How has it been going and who are some of the uh, businesses that you partnered with? Yeah, so I just really started focusing um, on the Nebraska um, and mostly the Omaha Lincoln area, not even two years ago. And so we've brought on quite a few partners um, in that time and we continue to have conversations. Um, we work with partners in across all different types of industries. So here uh, in Nebraska, we're working with uh, Northern Natural Gas, Mutual of Omaha, Children's Hospital um, and Medical Center, Nebraska Total Care, um, which has been an interesting partnership because they are able to focus both internally and then the people that they serve through being a um, uh, insurance provider through the Medicaid system. Um, so they are looking at both directions, which is awesome. Um, then we have businesses that we work with that have multiple locations. So the Federal Reserve Bank of 
Kansas City is kind of the hub, but they have branches, Mm -hmm. including Nebraska, Omaha. So able to kind of work that network. And then we have community partners and strategic partners. So the Madonna School and Community Based Services has employment services, um, as does Angel Guardians. And then we have our strategic partners that also work in that realm, like the VA, um, Nebraska VR, um, Heartland mm-hmm. Workforce Solutions, which um, you know works a lot of different ways to, for job seekers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're constantly working to connect those, um, bring new partners in who are interested in, in learning more. And so sometimes the best way to do that is to introduce the potential partners with the existing partners mm-hmm. um, and let everybody kind of learn from each other and ask questions and hear stories and um, just kind of talk about what the experience has been like. I love that. So we're, we have about eight minutes left and I do want to talk about your conference, but before we get there, how about a success story? Let's hear about somebody that just went and killed it and has a great job and is doing great. Megan, you you want to share some, right? Sure. Yeah, I've got a couple that came to mind. Um, We have a partner here who um, went through um, our benchmarkability process, which is part of the seal of accomplishment, which really gives them um, a snapshot of what they're doing, what they haven't yet started and prioritize their efforts. And through that, they really identified that they wanted to focus on employee education and awareness around um, issues of disability. And part of this came from an experience where they had a new hire mm-hmm. who had um, the, the request for accommodation hadn't been well communicated down the chain. So mm-hmm. available at interview and then all the hiring people and supervisors didn't necessarily get all of that information. Mm-hmm. And so they've implemented um the the are offering basic ASL so sign language classes to yeah. all employees mm-hmm. so that there's a general baseline knowledge kind of across mm-hmm. their their workforce and so um, that's a, enabled them to more successfully hire within the deaf community and um, expand the the reach of job opportunities across their different departments so that Very was pretty good. yeah that was pretty cool. Very cool. So both of you have mentioned the CDI annual seal of accomplishment. What is that? You know, it's kind of one of those best place to work (laughs) seals, uh, but we intentionally stayed away from calling it best place to work because it's really hard to measure. And what we landed on was leader in disability inclusion because of the process that companies have to go through to achieve that, they're mm-hmm. actually doing doing work and, and moving the needle on their journey to, mm-hmm. you know, elevate disability inclusion. So M- Megan mentioned a benchmarking tool that we use. There's there's a recommendations report based off of that. It's a very comprehensive approach to taking taking a look at where companies are at a particular point in time. In, in, in six different major categories around disability inclusion. So we have coined a process called the disability inclusion process and uh, have them create milestones based off their recommendation report that helps them move the needle. There's an application process at the end of the year, and then the awards will be in the, the December 1st of this year. We'll have an award ceremony. 
Very good. So we've got about five minutes left, and we've got to talk about your big conference coming up. So you have your 2023 Inclusion Summit coming up in Kansas City, September 28th and 29th. Who should attend, and what can attendees expect? Yeah, that's great. We're so excited. And it is a hybrid conference, so it is. It, we do have in-person and also virtually uh, we we have people that are DE&I leaders. We have CEOs, presidents of companies. We have, you know, the hiring managers, those frontline folks that are involved in maybe their employee resource groups or their business resource groups that really are pr- helping promote inclusion, inclusive practices. This year, we've collaborated with other three other organizations, and we intentionally are calling it the Inclusion Summit. It's not specific to disability inclusion, although that piece is in there. It's a specific, specific to inclusion in general. So we're uh, our theme is amplifying the intersectionality, and that uh, those other entities is our Kansas City Chamber, our DI Consortium, and NAP of Kansas City. And our organization, of course, those four that are partnering in this uh, conference for this year. This is an opportunity for people who, you know, want to be involved in looking at this holistic approach to diversity, equity and inclusion to really come together, learn from experts nationally, as well as more regional um, and local uh, speakers. We have a fantastic lineup. We even have a networking uh, opportunity, a social the first evening, and uh, just really excited about it. Our in-person seats are getting very limited. So if people are interested, we want to get them signed up quickly. <laughs> yeah, so where can they go to get a ticket? What's Is it a website that they can go to? Yeah, they can visit our website at www.centerfordisabilityinclusion.org. And uh, under the events tab, you'll see the registration information. Very good. Is there a cost? There is. Okay. In person, in, in person is two ninety nine, and a virtual is one ninety nine. Very good. Okay, I think we'll be there for sure. So, if anybody wants any extra information on the center or anything at all, what? So, your website is. CenterForDisabilityInclusion.org. Is there a phone number that somebody can call to get more info to talk? Yeah, Megan, you want to share yours locally? And yep. So um, you know, they can reach out to anyone through the website, but if they wanted to reach me locally here, uh, they can reach me at 402-990-4172. Okay. Um, they can also email me. So it's just M Walls, M W A L L S, at Center for Disability Inclusion.org. All right. Well, this has been great talking to both of you. This is, I'm so glad that we have you, and I'm glad that this is spread nationwide and globally because it is all about inclusion. And it is really about our differences. So I'm really glad that we have you. And I really appreciate you both taking the time. And again, if you want to participate, Inclusion Summit's coming up September 28th, 29th, Kansas City. You can get tickets at centerfordisabilityinclusion.org. You can also participate virtually if you don't want to make the trip. And one more time, Megan, your phone number is 402-990-4172. All right. Well, excellent. So, That was Megan Walls, the Director of Business Relations for Nebraska, and Darla Wilkerson, the CEO, Center for Disability Inclusion. If you have questions, they are there to help. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. It's been great. It's been been a pleasure, and we will see you at your conference. Excellent.
Well, thank you. And you've been listening to Radio Talking Book Service, Community Conversations. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.